This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast. What is your name? Tom Glover. What would you say is your primary role in the line dance community? Oh, I've been teaching for 24 years um, and also um, at our own venue for 19 years in Wollongong, in Wollongong New South Wales. Ah, is that where the uh, accent is from? Yes, sure is. <laughs> I see. How did you get started in line dance? It was an idea my wife came up with one day. How about we try line dancing and off we went with our three sons and before Madison came along that was mm. and um, I said yes I'll go but I'm not going to dance mm. just watch mm-hmm. I walked in and went straight on the dance floor <laughs> straight away at wow. a class with about 400 people wow it just started in Wollongong then so it was very popular mm. and it went from there what was it about it that made you want to participate uh, a, a, uh, activity that the family could do together. Mm. Mainly that was it. I had no interest in country music, none at all. Mm. And it all went from there. And you mentioned a Madison. Uh, is, that, is that a relative of yours? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Madison's dad. Oh, Madison Glover. Yeah. Okay. She's at this uh, event, Dance Experience in yes, Nashville yes. this weekend. I used to be Tom Glover. Now I'm Madison's father. Ah. Yeah, I've lost my identity. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it takes a special woman to make a man lose his identity. <laughs> yeah. So I'm happy with that. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, what, what made you um, feel ready to make that jump for, from dancer to instructor? Oh, just the teachers that came down from Sydney to teach us couldn't commit to another night so the owner of the wool shed where I taught at mm-hmm. they asked would I start teaching and I did hmm. and that was just went from there no experience so um just carried on there mm-hmm. and it went eventually to um four classes there and then I decided to go on my own and we moved to another venue so yeah. went from there and do you still teach now or do you have others taking uh, on your classes no I do five Right there, four classes, and Madison does three. Mm. And when she's away, which is a lot, <laughs> I do the seven. At wow. the moment, the classes have stopped while we're both away. Mm. Yeah. What does the format of your classes tend to look like? Is it like a structured six-week uh, course, and then afterward they move to the next level, like intermediate, or is it just constant flow of um, of new students? and teaching them new dances within that level, but not having them like graduate. Now, how does a beginner start in one of your classes and what happens from there? At the, at the moment, if a beginner comes along, they've just got to fit in with an improvers class. Hmm. There's no actually beginner class at the moment. Oh, wow. No, maybe next year we'll start a brand new class. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's, um, it's hard at the moment. If they're raw beginner, have never danced, it's very hard for them. But some make the grade, some don't. But it's we we're just limited to time at the moment. Mm-hmm. And the other classes, there's Wednesday night is Maddie's used to be my class, but it's the harder class where all the harder dances are taught. Mm-hmm. And we just um, teach one dance a fortnight to every class, mm-hmm. and go from there. There's no um, two and a half hour classes. They learn one dance, and we do dance a real lot during the night. So we don't push a lot of dancers down their throat, as we'd say. Mm-hmm. 
and um, yeah, try and make it as easy as possible. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of dances. Maddie would like to teach harder ones, but she knows the class can't handle them. You know, so mm-hmm. we go from there. Yeah. As one of the the few people who's seen her teach both back home and here. Would you say that her style is, is more or less the same, or is there like an event, Maddie, versus a back home with the family in the regular weekly classes, Maddie? No, just watching her teach now, it's mm-hmm. the same structure, the same way she teaches mm-hmm. back home. She does, I know she does choreograph and teach different dances for the American market. Mm. So she looks into all that, wherever she's going, what to teach. At the country events, she'll teach full on country music. So, yeah, but the structure's the same. Same she, sense of humour. Yeah. yeah. And did she learn that style from you? And also, where did you pick up your style? How did you develop your own teaching style? Uh, just self-taught and listening to other teachers in um, New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Always learning, I think. Hmm. And with Madison, I think she's, she's learned mainly from overseas structure, um, teachers. She's a big follower of Rachel, mm-hmm. as you can see. As are we all. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think she's picked a real lot up from Rachel over the years once she met Rachel in Sydney. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just self-taught, always learning. You can always learn from other teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is the wool shed the location that we've seen videos of online with all of the decorations on the walls? No, that's our venue. Oh, which one's that? It's called the barn. The barn. Yeah. Okay. What can you tell me about the barn? It was a empty hall, not being used much. And when I decided to move from the wool shed, mm-hmm. we got a handshake, hand whoops, handshake lease on the hall, mm. and we fully decorated it. And no one else uses it, just us. Oh wow! And it's a full line dance venue. Oh, very, so very, very lucky. lucky yes, huh. and it's a sprung floor, which is really good too. Mm. Yeah, Megan and I used to attend a venue that had a sprung floor back in Santa Rosa. Yes, there is nothing like having that little extra cushion on your knees and joints and just being able to, like, glide across the floor. Mm -hmm. Every now and again, you'll hear a good good solid stomp Stomp. on the floor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, before we started recording, you had mentioned a a bit about uh, the dances that were popular back from, uh, like, say, the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, in San Francisco Bay Area, and I'm curious, as somebody who has been involved in line dancing for as long as you have, how did that relationship between the West Coast and Australia occur? I just think um, a lot of the teachers um, at the time, a lot of our dancers came out of the Bay Area, Hmm. and a lot of the teachers visited, I'm sure they were from the Bay Area, Charlotte Skeeters, she visited Australia, Hetty McAdams, Mm -hmm. was she from the Bay, yes. And a few other names, but I forget at the moment, but I knew that, and the dancers came out of the Bay Area. Michael and Michelle, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Neil Hale. Yes, yeah. Neil Hale. Yeah, so that's where the influence was. Hmm. They looked to the Bay Area, hmm. the teachers that taught me also. Hmm. And I, I've, I've heard names like Terry Hogan and, yeah. and whatnot pop up that I, I have very little familiarity with. What, what are some of the, um, the names of Australian choreographers that you know, we should do additional research on from that era? Yeah, well, going back or now? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, uh, from, from then till the present. Who have been some of the more influential choreographers whose styles have maybe seeped into oh, Terry, uh, Australian history? Yeah, Terry Hogan was the one I followed a lot. My all-time favourite dance is Change of Heart, choreographed by Terry Hogan. Hmm. So he was really big, really big. And um, there's so many 
choreographers in Australia, but I notice their dancers don't get taught overseas. Hmm, like whom? Uh, Mark Simkin in Sydney, Linda Burgess, um, Stephen Patterson, Darren Mitchell, Adrian Lefebvre, there's so many. Um, well, Simon Ward, all his get taught overseas. But there's so many don't get taught overseas. Hmm. But we teach all the overseas dancers. Hmm. So it'd be nice if it was um, <laughs> the same. Two-way friendship yeah, yeah. of line dance yeah. choreography. Yeah, I actually, um, I've been teaching the um, floor split, and I can't think of the name right now because I'm on the spot, of course, no. uh, by Linda Burgess, out oh, Pillows. Yes, yes, I've been teaching that one to my beginner classes because we needed a new waltz, and I was like, this is perfect for you guys, pillows. And then because I actually really liked that dance, I started looking more into her choreography. And at an upcoming event that I'm teaching at, I actually just pitched um, Oh Baby. So I'm definitely like learning more about the choreographers from Australia and in that area that I'm like, okay, Look, there's more people that I can I can choose from, and so so hopefully some other people uh, realize that there's a lot out there that we can choose from, and not necessarily just stick with the same, not necessarily choreographer, but like even just dance a lot to teach everywhere. So no, there is there is a real lot out there, and I've probably forgotten some people's names, so I'm sorry. It happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're on the you're on the spot, so yeah. it, it's only fair. <laughs> now, is there? Would you say? Um, any body of characteristics that sort of defines the Australian style, or is there an Australian style in the way that, say, Catalan style line dancing yes. has, you know, the rock back and yeah. stomp, the apple jacks and the hats and the, the country attire. Is there a, a style that uh, Australians have sort of adopted that, um, that makes it such that if you just appeared, you materialized in a room full of line dancers and saw them dancing something, you'd say, oh, I'm among Australians. Yes, I'm trying to think. Um, a lot of the dancers, they don't use as many hand, hand movements in Australia as mm. you see sometimes. It's not really big here, I've noticed. Not as, there's a bit of hand move, not as much as I thought there'd be. Hmm. I thought there'd be a real lot more use of, overuse of the hand. No, I shouldn't say overuse <laughs> of the hands. Everyone's got their own style. But in Australia, Maddie teaches a lot more styling than I do. I wasn't brought up on styling, but Maddie's learnt so much from overseas. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the use of the hands is um, at different classes. You'll see a lot of it, but no, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say I'd, that the Australians stand out from any anyone else. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if there was a group of Aussies here at this event, you wouldn't say, "Oh, they're from Australia." By the way, they dance. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Okay. Yeah. And I'm also curious. Are there any Australian classic dances? Like, for example, we were just uh, Megan and I were talking about the Outback, which we don't see in oh, other yeah. places, yeah. but it seems to be like a real established thing in Australia, as one might imagine, with a name called you know, the Outback. Yeah. Uh, are there other dances that it just seems like everybody knows in Australia, in the way that the UK has like Lumtara Rumba, which you don't see outside the UK, or at least which we haven't. Yeah, I'm yeah, um, like. Well, the old tush, a lot of the old American ones, you know, tush push, honky tonk twist, oh, yeah. um, a lot of Joe Thompson's dances, hmm. um, which I can't think of at the moment. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, 
No, you got me stumped there. That's all right. I yeah. think uh, and the ones that I think of as being like classics of that era would be like Hot Tamales by Neil Hale. Hot Tamales. Jukebox by Joe. Yeah, Hot Tamales, um, very popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cowboy, Cowboy Rhythm, another oh, one yeah. of Joe Thompson's. I remember seeing uh, Maddie do Dance Ranch Romp with Dan- Joe oh, yeah, in Dance Vegas. Ranch Romp, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she, she must have been doing that for years because she has so much styling that she is yeah. able to add to that. She looks like she could do it you know, backward and forward in her sleep. I remember Maddie doing hot tamales as a, a two-year-old with boots mm. and a hat on. So I believe it. Yeah. What was it like uh, raising uh, another dancer that uh, really seems to have you know come into it like a, a fish in water? Yeah, she was um, pretty sure she was born on the... A Monday, and she went to her first line dance social on a Friday. <laughs> yeah, my wife wheeled her into a social in the pram five days later, <laughs> and we used to have a playpen, mm-hmm. kids' playpen. Mm-hmm. We'd sit her in that, and she'd stand there rocking to the music as soon as she could, and as soon as she could, she was in the lines dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, she looked up to one of her brothers as far as learning from. He was a really good dancer, mm. and he had a good line dance team competitions and then he gave it away but he she was always at practice watching them dance and mm-hmm. I think she picked a lot up from her brother Kurt so hmm. yeah I swear. so you've obviously been able to see Madison come into her own not only as a person but as an instructor and everything like that what has it also been like because I know I've had conversations with Simon Ward that he used to dance with your sons yeah. what's it like and what kind of relationship have you seen between those two in the sense of like I know they used to compete together and everything like that what kind of what's it been like from your point of view yeah I used to be um Kurt used to play tennis a lot with Simon and Simon was always around our home a lot Mm. you always you'll ask him he always says my wife's a good cook (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it was a good relationship um but I think Madison being around adults I don't know if I'm going on about Madison too much go right ahead with her being around uh, older brothers and in the older line dance community, having a lot of adults around her has made her the person she is. Mm. And she's got a good rapport with older dancers. She's always got the time to talk to them, whereas some kids don't don't want to talk to old people like me. <laughs> um, but she does. She'll go around and talk to them all. And that's helped bring her up the way she is and... Been, she's a very confident person, mm-hmm. but yeah, and she's played sport with older people, with her brothers too. Mm-hmm. So just, I think it's grounded her a real lot, mm-hmm. and she's got a, love, a lot of love for her brothers and family. So mm-hmm. very family orientated person, mm-hmm. which I think has helped. Uh, I uh, had a question as well about uh, you know from your perspective what it's like having line dancers in the family. Uh, it can be. It can be, I guess, a struggle as a parent to say, follow your dreams and also be practical, um, be realistic. Yeah. And she seems to be following her dreams just fine. <laughs> I yeah, mean, she's right. traveling all over the world. And, you know, along the way, while she's done competition and taken on her first few events, as a very young person, um, how have you handled that as a parent with, you know, on the one hand, maybe wanting to... Tell her, you know, have a backup plan, have a plan B versus you can do anything. We believe in you. You can you yeah. know, shoot for the moon. How, yeah. how do you handle that as a parent? Uh, well, she has, thank God, got a backup plan with school teaching. Mm-hmm. That was a struggle to do both. Mm-hmm. Go to university, 
um, work at home and um, also travel. But she finally got through it and um, she got a advice from other people. Rachel, mm-hmm. for one, told her you've got to have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. Don't just do your line dancing. So um, she followed that and got her degree. And when she's home, she teaches uh, at the school. So uh, I always say to her, you'll be right. <laughs> you'll be right. She's, yeah, so, um, but, um, yeah, she's, she loves, she's got a love for line dancing, she's got a love for school teaching, so she's very lucky, hmm. and she does love both. So it sounds like it's, it's pretty easy for you to find that balance as a dad, yeah. and that as her biggest, you know, cheerleader versus yeah. also the, now, now honey, we, we need to pay attention. Yeah. So. I do ask her to cut back a bit. <laughs> Because I want to cut back. Mm. <laughs> I want to retire. Um, we do worry about her travelling, you know, all the, all the flights she takes and being on her own a lot mm. to getting to air, airports, to events. Um, a lot of times she's got rooms on her own and all over the world. So we do worry a real lot. And it's always nice to have her back home. Mm-hmm. And my wife really looks over, looks after mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Now, when you when you do teach classes, even though you're you know attempting to retire, yeah. uh, and you're called upon to fill in for a class, what are some of your go-to dances when you're completely unprepared and you're like, oh, I guess I am showing up and teaching a lesson today. I'll teach them this. This this would be a great one for them. Whether we have absolute beginners or whether we have dancers who just you know want to try something different. Uh, what what are some of your go-to can't miss dances that you teach? Oh, we have a format. I have a diary and I have, I'm always ready for each class, prepared. So we might do 20 plus dances in that class. Mm-hmm. I have more written down in order before I get there. Hmm. So I'm not, and I know, make sure I know them all. So I'm always well prepared. I don't like turning up not prepared. I know what music I'm going to play. Um, yeah, I know that's the structure I have. I always have had a diary. Mm-hmm. So I can look back what I did last week's class and what order I did them in, and next week I'll do the order differently mm-hmm. and rotate, mm-hmm. um, do whatever I teach, say in 2019, I do at least for 12 I keep dancing those ones for at least 12 months or more. Mm-hmm. I don't like to waste people's time. Oh, I agree. I don't want to teach a dance and then not do it a month later or two months later. Mm-hmm. We don't have as many socials, so... That's why we like to social dance a lot at our classes. Mm-hmm. We maybe have four or five socials a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's basically it. I'm, I'm well. I think I am well well prepared mm-hmm. for each, each class. How do you select if if you're careful which dances you're going to dance for the next year? How do you select which dances to teach? What is your vetting process? Oh, I look around everywhere. I look at World Line Dance Newsletter, mm-hmm. Line Dancer Magazine. Victoria has a Line Dance magazine that comes out every month and a newsletter. I look at that in Australia. I look everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I look at choreo- choreo- choreographers that are, I know, but I also look at choreographers I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be a name. A name. It doesn't have to be a Simon Ward or... Joe Thompson dance, it can be anyone, as long as it's good music, good dance. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, um, yeah, just try and do what everyone else is doing. Mm. Because we, I find we don't teach as many as other clubs, so it gives me an opportunity to pick out the best 
I think is the best of what everyone else is teaching. Mm-hmm. So but I don't follow any other classes exactly what they do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't pick one class out and follow their dances. It's just everyone. And would you say that uh, your style of you know, pr- preparation or preparing your students uh, is more toward, like uh, as we have in the Bay Area, you know, there are some groups that prepare their dancers to go to some event. They'll, they'll see Windy City or, or Vegas is coming up and they'll say, oh, who's on staff? Is this, that, and that other person. Well, okay, we're going to drill our students on those dancers' dances. That way they can dance them with them at the event versus other classes who know that their students are never going to attend an event. They're happy just to dance at home. And for them, it doesn't necessarily matter what event is coming up. It's just what would be a great dance for them right now. No, we don't do that. We, our dancers don't travel. Right. Okay. No, they don't travel much. And if they say they went to the Sydney Ball, the Sydney Ball, which is held once a year, or the, the Victorian Ball, mm-hmm. a lot of those dances they already know, mm. which is good because I've, I've taught a lot of those. So, but I don't actually set time aside to say, okay, these dances are going to be taught at this event, that event, because we don't. Our dancers don't travel. They're just happy to dance in our area. Mm-hmm. So it makes my job a lot easier. Hmm. Yep. And do you attend any of these events uh, yourself, just recreationally? I try to. I don't do as many as I used to. Mm-hmm. I'm just happy to do my classes and switch off. I do a class Saturday morning, mm-hmm. and when that's finished, I just switch off until I start back Monday morning. Mm-hmm. But I used to travel a lot more, but not, not these days. I go to the Melbourne Victorian Ball as often as I can. The Sydney one... You know, about every second year I go, but not as often. Hmm. Do you do Mayworth? I've heard lots yeah, Mayworth. Of every about year you. I go to Mayworth. Yeah, wow. that's the one of the biggest ones. What can you tell me about that one? It's it's on our list to attend someday. It's um good competition. You hmm. see a lot of good competition dancers there. Some really good um, overseas teachers come over. Last year they had Daniel Trapat. Hmm. Who else? They have Rachel McInerney White was hmm. there. Um, Madison, Simon, the Australian choreographers, and there was one more overseas. Oh, Shane McKeever. Mm-hmm. He was there also. And then plus they do the workshops and they do the master's dances too also, competition. So it's a real good social weekend. We stay in the same hotel as the event, which is handy. So, no, it's a well-run event uh, run by Chris Watson. He lives in Tamworth, so... That's why the name Mayworth come up. Mm-hmm. But no, it's a very good event. I've heard you should always travel with Chris Watson. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been to Nashville three times with Chris on his um, Nashville tours. Yeah, very good. Thoughts from Megan? Oh, you know, you've answered so many questions. I think at the moment I'm... I'm stumped as to if there's anything else I can pull out. All right. Well, in that case, uh, I have two and a half questions for you. Go go ahead. There is one more event. Yes. Chris Watson runs Dance Fusion, which is very big also. Mm. This year it's in Tasmania. Mm -hmm. And Niels Poulsen and Tina Argyle are coming out for that one, along with all the Australian choreographers. So that's one more. That's run by Chris Watson also. So Mm. I forgot about Dance Fusion. Yeah. Last year it was held on the Gold Coast Mm -hmm. in Queensland. Very good. Yeah. Oh, That's another one. And before I forget, is there anything you can tell me about New Line as it's spelled N-U-L-I-N? Because yep. I know that there's a New Line style or new li- there are New Line events in the UK, but that's N-E-W and this is N-U. 
What, what is it like? What, what is it the, with the orange logo and new line in Australia? Yeah, I don't. It, it was started by Alison Johnson in right, Australia. Right, mm-hmm. A few clubs um, changed their names to join New Line. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kate Simkin, she did that, and Barry Andreccio. But that's all I can tell you about. They, they just changed the names of their clubs to New Line. Oh, okay. And the colours of their club for a new identity and hmm. add something okay. new. Yeah, that was about it. All right, I'll have to look into that. Yeah. Part. All right, uh, if there were a message that you could put out to the entire line dance universe through this very microphone, something just for people to think about, maybe to apply into their own lives, whether it's their dance lives or just uh, everyday going about, what would you want them to think about? What would you want to take with them? Oh, as far as... Look after your beginners, something like that. Mm, oh, sure. You sure yeah. yeah, look after your beginners and learn easy dances. Like if you're, um, say, an inter- a hard intermediate dancer and love the harder ones, learn the easy ones too and learn a lot because you, well, you, know, you dance to the music. So if it's a good song and it's an easy dance, learn it and dance it with the beginner dancers or the improver dancers, but make, make them welcome. Mm-hmm. All I think right. it's very important. And make all the dancers welcome to your club. Mm-hmm. Don't tell them that's my spot on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. That's my mm-hmm. seat. Which doesn't happen, does it? Oh, <laughs> no. Never. <laughs> never. <laughs> Especially when you have people coming for the first time. You've got to make mm-hmm. them really welcome. And I believe our dancers do that. Mm-hmm. We hope they do anyway. Mm-hmm. And we always emphasise, and after the class, ask those dancers were they made welcome. Mm-hmm. And if they weren't, mm. let us know. Like so that. we can um, chastise those people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If that's the answer you wanted. Um, yeah, that's great advice. Yeah. Hmm. That's, that's it in a nutshell, yeah. Okay. If people had follow-up questions for you, a way that... Um, is there a way that people could best contact you? Like communicate via email, Facebook? Oh, mainly through Mad- Madison's Facebook page and... She answers all the questions go to her about our classes. She answers them all. Okay. So all our the website and Facebook, the whole lot. Mainly, it's mostly Maddie that answers all the questions. Hmm. I'm in the background a lot now. Hmm. Yeah. So it all goes through her. her. They ask if there's any new classes are starting. It's always Madison gives them the answers. Hmm. We do get a lot of phone calls though, through our um like numbers through the Facebook page mm-hmm. but um, yeah maybe me, Maddie answers it all for me I'm trying to get into the background a bit but hopefully she'll cut back a little bit next year she's cut back she said a little bit next year maybe the year after a lot more because I'd like to finish the end of next year totally I'd like to retire one day right yeah, mm-hmm. one day say I'm retired but still attend classes even if they're Maddie's classes I just want to know I'm retired right yeah. All right, and to spell Madison, that would be two D's, one S. M A D D I S O N. Yeah. And then Glover is G L O V E R. Yes, that's right, yes. Right. Now, one last tiny little eensy weensy question. Should be easy. Piece of cake to think about. If there were one dance in all of line dance that you would recommend for everyone to learn of any level by any choreographer, what would it be? And also why? Oh, geez. Smoky Places, mm. because it's where it began for us, and it is my wife's favourite dance. Mm. So, Smoky Places, and it's still popular. Mm-hmm. Every social, we finish with Smoky Places. 
And when we have a big event, it's what we finish with, smoky places. So to me, it's a special dance. I know you asked for one, but... Oh, give me a top 15 every, if you got them. I mean, all our classes still love Rocket to the Sun. Mm. It's been a great dance for everyone to do. And we change the music even to that. We do it to, what's that song? Fireball. Mm. Ah. Fireball. Um, who sang that? Um, Pitbull. Pitbull, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it fits to that really good. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's a good one. And just change the music to it. Mm. I change the music to I can't think of them at the moment, but... Old dances, Blue Night Chart, I do that to a lot of different music. I love doing it to Cowboy Rides Away, George Strait. Hmm. So you get to use other music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. do you, uh, you were mentioning you know, teach, teach people the, the beginner dances uh, and you know, take care of your beginners. Do you guys also do like Mama Maria, Aussie, the ones that seem to be everywhere? Or yeah, Mama Maria we did for a long time, okay. yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was one of the a beginner dance. Um, there's one in Australia by Sandy Kerrigan called Cha Cha Fever. We use that mm. a lot. Yeah. So look that one up. Yeah, it starts as a 16 count dance and then you progress it to a 32 count dance. So mm. it was good for, say, the first few weeks, 16 counts, and then you add the other 16 later, which is a repeat of eight counts. So, hmm. yeah, very good. And you can use that dance for so many choices of music too. So. Wow. And ones like country two step, mm-hmm. we use Masters that. Line. Yeah, we use that a lot to different two step music. So, yeah, that's um, the old cowboy cha cha that came out of the bay, I think. Mm. Also, mm-hmm. also known as traveling cha cha in other parts. Of the oh country, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same dance, different names. And just keep changing the music. Mm-hmm. And little rumba, another little one. Rumba. Uh, that was out of England. Donna. Oh, I can't think of her last name. But it's another one you just use a lot of different music to. And mm. we always, we've done it for years, week after week. Keep doing it, but change the music all the time. Mm-hmm. So, mm. good choices, I hope. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us here on Line Dance Podcast. Yeah. Hope I've been helpful. It's um, had a late night last night. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, I hope I've been helpful. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, not definitely. used to this type of thing, but thanks for your time, too. Thank you. And until next time, Megan and I will see you on the dance floor. floor.